0: All right, we're back with another episode of Ryan Seaman and Friends. I I don't know how the show is still going, but it got picked up for you know year two. We're on year two and a half of this show. This is this is crazy. But um, you know if you're listening to this, we are in the month of June. I have to pre-record these because I go on tour a lot and do do a lot of a lot of crazy stuff. But I have to turn in an episode once a week. So you know this week I have uh man how do how do I how do I introduce this next guest? I have had I've had so many great memories with with this guy. He's probably known me the longest out of anybody in music, and I was I was a huge fan of his band. Used to go to their shows all the time. Um, Sometimes his band would even crash on my floor once I moved out to Los Angeles. Um, We've always been in each other's lives, and I have uh, Jamie Wolford from the Stereo. Jamie, how are you, man? It's great to be here, Brian. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Uh, We've we've always joked. I couldn't
1: wait after that introduction. I was like, I have to sabotage this. So. (laughs) Just come right out of the gate and get it wrong. You did. You did a great job. Uh, I am job. so happy to be here, buddy. Dude. I, it's. Uh, I have. Um, yeah, you're right. I. I feel like we've known each other like a considerable amount of years, and I feel like I've known you since you was just a wee lad. That's and true. I'm so stoked to be on your show. This is so fun. This, this is great.
0: Isn't it weird though? Like you know, you've literally seen me as like a child. Well, not even like a child. I was. I was like 16. <laughs> this is 17. already sounding bad. <laughs> No, I used to go to your guys' shows. So the first time I ever saw you guys play, um, there was a combined show. You guys played at this place that, that no longer is, exists. It's in a, in Utah called Deviate. It was in the basement. Right, Do you right. remember that place? And you're talking about the stereo, right? Yeah, the stereo. Yep. This is the first okay. time I ever saw the stereo. And you guys were um, on a weird package with, um, it, it was the Groovy Ghoulies and No Motive. Okay. And then you you guys were there too. Okay, yeah. And that was my first time discovering c- you. And uh, I can thank my friend Travis Brooks for that one. I don't know if you remember him, but um, he's, he's the one that brought me to all your guys' shows growing up. Well, and he's, well
1: awesome. Thank you, Travis.
0: Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's probably listening to this because he's a huge stereo fan. But, um, Jamie, so the reason why I have this show is because, you know, I feel like everybody that I've like, gone to either to school with or have come up in music with, we, we all kind of have a similar path.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: I kind of wa- want to get your story of just like how, you know, you got from, I, I want to say maybe like, you know, middle school, because that's where that's mm-hmm. when I started. I started everything then. Like that's when I got yeah. music. That's when I played yeah. drums and bass and all the stuff. And then uh, you know, all the way to now. So I, I want to get your take on like what it was like for you growing up. From you know, I, I, are you from Minneapolis? That that's that's where that's where I knew you from originally.
1: Right. Yeah, I grew up in. I was, I was actually born in in Luton, England, uh, and I came to England? the states when I was three with my folks. Uh, but we moved to Minnesota, and okay. I grew up like kind of uh, in the suburbs of Saint Paul. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, like as a, a sort of a growing, uh, young man, I, I, Minneapolis was my home base. You know, I lived, you know, my f- first apartments and everything was in Minneapolis. That was the, that was the the city you want to live in, you know, if you live in Minnesota. So,
0: um, yeah. So, I mean, like, like take me back. So like, when, when did you start getting into music? When did you start playing guitar? When did you start writing songs? Like when, when did it all come, you know, to right. light for you? Um, this is good
1: questions. Wow. You're good at this. Isn't this crazy? Um, yeah, yeah. I've almost done a hundred uh, of these so, now,
0: which is crazy as well, but
1: almost. 100. Say that again. Was I've that... almost
0: done a hundred of, of these episodes. Almost. We're, we're almost all, there. Just all working
1: up to this, <laughs> this, yep. this interview, right? This moment. Yeah. Um, no, no, no. So, well, okay. So I think like, you know, how how in depth do you want me to be? Like like are we going into the sort of like the the archives of my childhood kind of thing, or just sure. like yeah, my like, music?
0: When it what, yeah like like who who was okay? So for me, it was like the Beatles and Green Day were mm-hmm. my were my um right were my gatekeepers okay. to everything.
1: So I would say that like my um my like my taste for music, right? My yeah. the. The, uh, the wonder that music provided me started like during the summers, you know, like summer vacation when I was like in elementary school, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, if you could imagine back, back in the 80s, right, you know, this is the time where, you know, go out and play, go play uh-huh. outside, right? Was a thing. And now it's like, you know, stranger danger every corner.
0: Yeah. And then like people just like watch Netflix all the time now and they stay indoors. I would
1: say that like my, my taste and the wonder that music kind of gives you, uh, started when I was in elementary school, like during summer breaks from school, right? Like this is the era, you know, kind of like the eighties, right? Where kids would just go out and play. They would like leave in the morning and come home at sundown. Right. Sure. Um, but then when that, Moment, though, when my friends or whatever weren't available to me, I would listen to the radio. Uh, you know, like, and on the radio at at that time of my life was like, you know, missing persons, Van Halen, Rick Springfield, Mm. The Cars, you know. So, and I used to really enjoy recording the songs off the radio, and I would actually like stay (laughs) kind of glued to my radio all day trying to get a recording of like let's say of like rock me amadeus or something like that where the dj didn't talk over the intro okay cuz i hated that i was like oh you know like i got to wait for like another hour until they play it again or something like that <laughs> so i would okay. literally spend summers just like listening to the radio and trying to like get these clean recordings to make my own little mixtapes and stuff like that yeah but i really fell in love with with uh you know radio rock pop music and music in general my and my parents well, they weren't necessarily musicians. They did have a, an affinity for, um, you know, like the British invasion stuff, the Beatles and the Who and, okay. stuff like that. Sure, Rod Stewart, um, you know, all that stuff, okay. and it all had a big impact on me. And re- by the time I got to about sixth grade, I wanted to join band. You know, the the mm-hmm. school band, and I I started as a drummer. I got it was a percussionist.
0: Okay, so we're on We're on a similar path right now. All right. All right. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And then I met Ryan Seaman and yep, all my no. problems were solved. Exactly. Um, that's, that's, the, that's it. Thank you very <laughs> much. No. Um, so I started, um, started band and that was, you know, it's weird. Cause like I still, to this day, will have a moment I'm working on something, right. Or I'm, I'm either trying to figure out a drum pattern or, or something. And I, I, th- those fundamentals that I actually learned in band will actually sneak in to mm. what I'm doing today. And I don't even totally realize it, but like, I'll be talking to a drummer in the studio and I'll be talking about sticking or something like that. And then like, it's, you know, right, right, left, left, left you know, whatever. And I'm like, gosh, right. it's just like bringing me back to when I was in high school band. But
0: Well, what what made you want to play se- drums? Seventh... I mean, like, ahead, like, so that was your first instrument. So like, what what made you pick up drums first as opposed to like guitar or like?
1: Well, there's nothing cooler than drums in high school band. That's right. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, that was, there, there's no, you know, they didn't offer electric guitar. Right. Uh so it was the, like trumpet or clarinet or sax or drums, okay. right? So sure. I'm choosing drums. That was cool.
0: Big time.
1: Um yeah, I don't actually know really what what got me to drums. Um I know that in like 7th grade or maybe 6th or 7th grade after I kind of gotten into this, my parents did for Christmas get me a drum set. Okay. And at that point it was over. It was like, okay, I, I just love music and I would play, you know, much to their detriment Mm -hmm. and, and lack of enjoyment. I really enjoyed the Christmas gift. They got me every day, all day. (laughs) All right. Uh, so that was probably a, you know, a bad move on their part just for their own sanity. But, um, but I, I just, I could not stop playing drums. I just, I learned so much just by myself at home, just trying to figure out songs and do whatever, you know. Um, and then at the at the same time I got my drums for Christmas. My little brother got a guitar, okay. and that was probably kind of like, you know, if he's getting the drums, we'll get him this electric guitar. And
0: mm-hmm. so my
1: brother got this like really crappy, like red Kramer. Guitar with oh, like I remember a, those. A, a you know micro Kramer amp guitars. that probably had a belt clip on the back. You know what I mean? <laughs> just like yeah,
0: dude. Yeah, I remember those growing up.
1: But through the process of just you know needing to take a break from the drums, I would also pick up the guitar and try to learn how to play guitar. So like my whole. Uh, th- there was like no way it wasn't gonna be in punk rock at that point. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like sure. drums, n- having no knowledge of music, having a drum kit and electric guitar with a bad, crunchy-sounding amp. I mean, the, the the recipe for punk rock is is really just there in the
0: basement, waiting for me. So right.
1: Um. What, what kind of, of punk course, bands were you listening
0: to at that point? You think when you when By you were... the
1: time I got to seventh grade, I got into punk. Okay. I I, had, I I was into skateboarding uh uh-huh. And so there was like that, and everything was pointing me that way. And I, you know, I loved Black Flag. I loved Dead Kennedys. I loved Descendants. I loved uh, you know, Fire Hose, The Minutemen, okay. Bad Brains. Yeah. Uh, basically like the whole SST catalog. Okay. That was my that was my jam. You know, there were some other things I were I was listening to. I did listen to the Sex Pistols a little bit. I, I actually like the Sex Pistols were great because I could kind of learn their material on guitar for for whatever reason more easily than I could descendants. And I mean, now being a musician this many <laughs> years later, I know why, because <laughs> the descendants are crazy. Yeah. They, uh, all, their music's uh, all over the place. That's not a like, let's pick up the guitar and play G and figure this out, you know, but, right. but sex pistols were rudimentary enough where I, a, a person not kind of knowing what they're doing with any kind of ear can kind of go, okay, well, I've got my bar chord here I go, and I can just kind of go up and down the neck, and hey, this kind of sounds like that, and once you have that moment, uh, uh, any musician, once you are able mm-hmm. to play something that you know, the world completely opens up this whole new thing, and now you're just like, okay, my whole life is going right. to be about this now, you know, yep. and when you're a seventh grader.
0: Yeah, and that, that's how Sid vicious got a job, you know what I mean? Like, he, no, I'm just kidding, right. <laughs> he's just, well, I mean, he couldn't play the bass, right? I mean, Maybe he could. Yeah, I I mean, he played it. I don't know.
1: You know, it's funny. They say that he couldn't play. And I think he's probably of the caliber of musician as, you know, probably a lot of people that you and I have toured with. You know, like there's probably some some guy in some band that you and I have toured with who are like, wow, that guy's really just a stick, (laughs) you know. A stand-in, you know, like they don't, he doesn't know what he's doing up there, you, you know, know, but we call they have him turned down and whatever. Maybe he's just there to look pretty. I don't know. There, but there's like, a lot of them. Jamie. We've seen guys like that. Yeah, you there,
0: there's, you know, we, you know, in my day of touring, we, we call those, uh, GGBBs. You know what that means?
1: Uh, no, but okay. I want to know that is, is this a, a note? Yeah, this is, or? yeah,
0: GGBBs. It's, it's a good guy, bad band. Ah, you know, <laughs> I we love call, that. Yeah, there's I a, there's a lot that. of those in the world that I've, I've toured yeah, back yeah. in the day. Yeah, good guys, I was, bad guys. Here band.
1: I am trying to make it more complicated. I'm like, whether well, they're playing G and B, whether <laughs> no, yeah, well, no. it must be in G no, major gotcha. or yeah, perhaps yeah. perhaps uh, uh, B minor. Yeah, or, uh, no, no. Yeah, G- that.
0: GGBB, there, there's a Roadside Records. I, everybody knows what that is, right? You got to know what Roadside
1: that is. Records. That's where you, you toss the record.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. You listen to <laughs> yeah. the, the demo. You yeah. don't like it. You throw it out Put the window. Them on, yeah, sign them to Roadside Records. Yeah, you got sign them to Roadside Records. Yeah. I am
1: certain that, like, in my early days, that some some of the demos that I probably tried to hand out to somebody, were you know those were signed to Roadside Records. <laughs> oh, for
0: sure. Same same here. You know, there there's like there's a couple bands. Well, no, you know what? I gave you a record of of one of my things. This Roadside is Records, baby. Oh no, it was not. <laughs> yeah, right. No, but um, yeah. There's a couple people I gave a demo to back in the day, and you you were one of the people that were like actually encouraging me. You know, so that was that was really great. But this is not about me. This is about you. So okay, so oh, now I we're at totally the point... talk
1: about you. It's more fun. <laughs>
0: We, we hey, we'll get there though, because you and I have jammed yeah. a little bit. I was a part of like a you know, a benefit that was that was happening in Arizona at that studio. You, me, and Stefan from uh Descendants, you know? That was a long mm-hmm. time ago. I don't know if you remember yep. that. Actually you should remember I, that. I was I was but there,
1: yes. <laughs> I would I would kill
0: to listen to those sessions again. I'm sure hopefully you have them saved somewhere still. You should you should send uh, me a copy. You know
1: what? I really think that I, I have some bad news. I don't think I do have what? That. I think uh, there was like a major drive catastrophe that happened. There was a major drive catastrophe that happened. And um no. I don't know if- for sure, because this is now many years later. Right. That might have been one of the victims, which I. Ah,
0: oh, that's that's terrible not, news. But for anybody yeah, listening out there, it's like the
1: worst there, of all t- of all possible yeah, news.
0: Jamie and myself and Stefan from uh, the Descendants are on a are on a, a couple tracks together. You know, I drove down to Arizona yeah. and was a part of this uh, this live thing that you were doing for your solo album. It was like a release. Correct. Yeah, yeah. I did like
1: a like I tried I tried to do this thing where I was like, okay, we're gonna instead of having a CD release party, like sort of in a town where yeah. there's like an event that, okay, we mm. all just show up and there's this event and then it's over with. I was like, let's, let's do a live stream. I was sort of trying to,
0: it was dope. You were ahead of your time the, for sure. Like, like think about if we would have done that like last year or the year before, Yeah,
1: no big deal last year. Yeah. Right. Like they, everybody was doing it last year, but this was 2012. Yeah. 20, and I, it's yeah. not like I invented this or anything like that, but um, I, I, I was like, okay, I, this is kind of how I want my music to be. Right um uh, celebrated as a CD release party or whatever. So right. uh, I asked some of my friends to come play with me. I asked you, I asked Stefan, um, mm-hmm. I had some, uh, you know, C- Serafini and Sam and, uh, this girl re sang background vocals and my buddy Rob played piano and did some background vocals and yeah, yeah. And, and I had you and Sam kind of swap, swap out playing drums and stuff like that. Yeah. And, uh, it was great. I mean, it was such a, It was an overwhelming technical hurdle. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know if you recall, but like the first song we did, we ended up having to do again. Like we weren't on the air when we did it or something. It it was so there was a tremendous amount of stress. But once it was like kind of going, I was like, okay, I can enjoy this now. I'm getting to play with my friends. My Stefan is like my guitar hero and he's sitting there to my left playing Songs I wrote, like yep. "Holy Hell," you know <laughs> what I mean, <laughs> and
0: I and I got to be a part of it too. You know, I knew Stefan a little bit. I don't know if you knew this about me or not, but I when when I was sixteen, I had a um, I had this math tutor, and I was mm-hmm. wearing like an all hoodie. And he, he was, Oh,
1: you have told me this story. How about let, me, I, oh. let me tell it back to you and see if I, re, if I've retained. Oh, okay,
0: this. let's do it. Yeah. You, you tell it <laughs> back to me.
1: So you had a math tutor and you, and you wore an all or all or descendants shirt, sweater or something. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. And this guy was like friends with Stefan back in the day. Right. Or he was roommates or something, yes. or he was in a band you're with right. him or something like that.
0: They were roommates. Yeah. And I, I, I yep. was like, you're so full of shit. I didn't believe him at all. And he's like, right, all right, right, well, next time, next time they're in town, like, I'll introduce you. I'm like, okay, cool. Just like a little bratty 16 year old. And sure enough, sure. <laughs> you know, that happened. And so I've, I've known him ever since that, that moment. But and, uh, and
1: Hey, the good news is I have been listening to you th- this many years. Like I oh, actually, man. you know, wasn't just tuned out as you were talking.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've known you for, dude, I've known you for a long time and you, I give you.
1: I give you so much shit Ryan and I and you really don't deserve it. You're a super super good dude. And and but I do it because of with love, you know. I, hey, I, I do you, I
0: man. do it back, you know. I mean, it's it's always okay to bust your friend's balls. It's it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we've gone off a super tangent. So now you're Sorry. you're no, it's okay. No, no. So you're you're playing guitar. You're you're growing up. You're you're in you're in high school now. You've yeah. discovered all these yep. bands. Where like how do, how does that go from, you know, you learning songs being Jamie Wolford the songwriter to well, songs. there's a lot of
1: little kind of incremental steps, and I'll uh-huh. I'll do my best to just gloss over them. Um okay. No, I so I my first band was actually called Sonic Society, I think. Sonic I can't Society. Quite remember, but I was okay. playing drums, yeah, because every band that was a punk band had to have like society at the end of it. Okay, so you could be like Sound Society or Secret Society uh-huh. or, you know, in our case, Sonic Society.
0: Okay.
1: Um, yeah, just typical, you know. It's like verb the noun of that time, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but we didn't really play anything of note. I, I think we played some like Danson covers and some Dead Kennedys covers, and okay. and and we didn't actually play shows. But it was my first time playing music in a band, and from that band, I joined another kind of local band where I actually started playing shows. Okay, and um, that was pivotal as far as like what could be done okay. with playing my instrument like now I've got people to look at me like there's one thing to go play you know high school band concerts right like there's if you've ever played something like that and then actually played a show that you there's a similarity in that there's people facing you but there's no comparison as far as like the visceral energy Mm -hmm. even if the crowd is bad right if you're playing kind of rock and roll music on a stage with lights and stuff like that there's still so much joy that comes from that Definitely. Um, even if the audience doesn't like you or or they're non-responsive or whatever,
0: you know. Right. And yeah, you know, yeah. it even
1: gets even better than that when you have a lot of people that are responding. Um, it just makes, you know, the world for that, you know, forty-five minutes to an hour or whatever it is, like a perfect place to be in, you know.
0: Oh yeah. Even even so to ho- the day hopefully that still happens. You're to
1: you're sort of conveying that same feeling outwardly and onto the onto the audience, too, right. you know. Right. Um, That band that I mentioned is is called Loin Groove. It was like we thought we were a punk, funk, ska band. Okay. Um, We actually toured. My first tour was with this band. Oh, man. Um, 1990. It was either 91 or 92.
0: Holy shit. And we did
1: a two-week tour across, you know, from like Minnesota, kind of through the rest of the Midwest, heading Mm -hmm. west down to like Tucson, Arizona, up through utah and the rockies and then sort of back home and we had basically copied the tour that some other band in our little area had done we basically took Ah. their their book of like contacts and everything and we just booked the same exact thing in the same exact order because we didn't and we were high school students i was six sixteen 16 at the time um and it was terrible. It was an absolutely terrible tour of the of the oh, yeah, likely of 12 shows in 14 days that we played. I think maybe four were f- uh, what I would call, okay, That's that was fun to play that show. And then the rest of it was just complete garbage. Did any of them get <laughs> you know canceled? Because I
0: mean? that happened on my first tour. Like on one of my first tours, we like showed up to a town and they're like, oh, well, the show was last night. You know, it's not tonight. Yeah. What are you guys doing here? You know, it's like one of those kind of things. Um, yeah.
1: Well, you didn't know about advancing the shows. You <laughs> right. didn't have a tour manager. Right. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. There's nothing like that going on. So, you know, it really was. And back in 91 or 92, and I don't yeah, mean to sound phones. old man river.
0: Yeah. payphones. Yeah. And yeah it was all payphones
1: phones and, and whor- shoot, yeah. like s- scraps of paper and like, the,
0: dude, <laughs> nothing I, like it is today. But, but you dude, know? that's how I started touring. Legitimately, I didn't. Ha- we didn't have cell phones. Like at least, le- yeah, not in two thousand one. So you've known me before I even like set foot in a tour van. That was one of right. my first tours I ever did. But we used this um, website called bookyourownfuckinglife.org but- dot yep. yep. We use that. Yep, yep,
1: yep, yep. And
0: that yeah, that's nobody how we got knows it. about
1: that these days, nope. I'm sure. But oh, that no. was like, the Bible for touring. You know.
0: Yeah, and, and now now it's just Instagram or it's uh, who do you, who? What band do you know that knows somebody in whatever town? If you're trying to start from from the ground up. That's right. been my experience.
1: Which isn't necessarily a bad way to do it. It's just that it's not, we didn't have, we would have likely done this stuff too had the right. internet been a thing, you oh, know, yeah. in 1991, you know, right. which, God. you know, I know it actually was a thing, but it wasn't ubiquitous. Right. You know, it wasn't like a utility, like running water.
0: You yeah, know? <laughs> for sure. Okay. So real quick, we have to go to a quick commercial break. And then when we come back, mm-hmm. I get to hear the rest of your adventures of how you got to you know, where you are now. So, okay, we'll be right back here on uh, Adobe Radio. <laughs> Jamie, that was such an inappropriate story. You should have shared that earlier, man. Ah, jeez. <laughs> okay, we're uh, back.
1: Well, you know, I like to keep it blue we're off, <laughs> off cam. I'm just kidding. Or off, off air.
0: I've done that joke every single time. Every single yeah. time on every episode. It's like I, not
1: funny anymore. I, I, I like to do my due diligence before I oh, do oh, so you, anything. So you, and so you, okay. I listened to an episode uh, yesterday and I was like, which, which one did you minute, this sounds like the thing that happened yesterday. Which one did you, you tune got... into? Which one? I think it was just the latest, like oh, Anthony. Okay. Uh,
0: oh, yeah. An- Anthony drummer guy. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah, yeah, the guy yeah. from Liquid Death. Okay. So, um okay, so we're back. We, you've just now completed your first uh, successful. Sli- See, if you can get through a whole tour without anything being canceled, even even if the show sucked, that's a successful tour because you did. Right, you know. I'm
1: sure there were cancellations. You know, I mean, I re- I remember, I definitely remember doing some stuff where we would show up and it was like we had to move the show to like mm-hmm. a storage <laughs> garage. <laughs> yeah, like we played in like a tin storage garage. Which and, and I'm sure I wasn't wearing earplugs at sixteen years old while playing drums, but oh when you're inside God. a tin storage garage and you're playing drums and cymbals, I that can't that I, can't I mean, there's probably it. still some damage sure <laughs> to my hearing from that moment. Um, but no, I mean it was and I won't even I won't even go as far to say that it was like an an enjoyable tour. I actually really remember hating it and I <laughs> I think I vowed to never do it again. Me but too. Uh, of that Dude. of that band, I'm the only one that ever did.
0: Yeah. Same. I don't know
1: how that I, I joined. I ended up joining another band, a ska band called the Pacers. Okay. As I was, as I was finishing up high school or I, right after I finished up high school.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And sure enough, um, they were like, okay, let's go on tour. And I was like, okay, well now I'm going to the East coast. And so I went, I started doing tours all over with them. And
0: I, Did you like it a little more? Well I didn't no?
1: necessarily um, hate touring. I, it, it with with those guys, the 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 chemistry wasn't totally right with me with that band. So eventually after like, I don't know, four or five tours or whatever, I, I kind of, I quit the band and then the, that band sort of dissolved, um, I don't know, right. maybe a year or so later. Okay. And then I started Animal Chin.
0: Ah, this, this is um, where it gets good. Okay. So you start, so you start yeah. Animal Chin, great band, by the way.
1: Um, uh, thank you. Tell, thank tell you. me, tell
0: me more about that.
1: So Animal Chin started, um, with actually one of the guys from the Pacers, um, the kind of my 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 cohort in that band, okay. we started the band. He was he was actually a horn player. So Animal Chin started as a punk ska band that was going to have a full horn section and everything, and we did for like f- the first two shows. We had drums, bass, guitar, a lead singer, and then two horn players. Okay. And after like the first two shows, again that just the whole sort of rigmarole of going through working out the chemistry of what your band. Is, is and is not yeah. sort of, you know, presented himself. And there there were people in the band that were seemingly kind of doing, the, you know, being in animal chin was like almost like a favor. Okay. And I, and this is nothing, you know, they definitely had a, a bigger priority with uh, other bands they were in. So I was like, okay, well we're going to do, we're going to break off as a three piece then. And I, I was not a singer at this point, but I'm like, I'm going to, I'll try singing. Okay. I had sung, I, I had sung, you know, uh, as a backup vocalist in bands before and stuff like that. And I, I think by now, I think it's safe to say I had some kind of knack for it, you know. Okay, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, it was like my first go. So the very first Animal Chin release is a thing called the the Ins and Outs of Terrorism. That's my first time singing in a band, first time singing in a studio, really first time doing a lot of things, you know. But I was the guitarist and singer in a punk ska band. That I had just kind of started from the ground up, and then you know we bought the old Pacers van, and then we hit the road like essentially endlessly. Animal Chin was the band that I probably toured. I don't know if I'd say I toured the most, but like I like longest, okay. if, that, if that makes any sense. Like, um, like I remember nineteen ninety seven. I think I played. We I think we checked in at around two hundred and twenty shows that year.
0: Oh my god. Wow. Yeah,
1: I mean, it it was like we had uh, this booking agent that was totally fine with just keeping us out. You know.
0: That's great. Um, Yeah.
1: And at at that age, I was like twenty-two or something. You know. Um, Sure. It there was no reason for me to come home. I mean, I lived essentially on couches at yep. home. So like being at home was essentially the same as being on tour.
0: I've been there. Uh,
1: yeah. the difference is
0: on tour, I would get a per diem.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> like, it's actually like more affordable to be gone than it would be to be home. You Dude, know?
0: I've, I also have related to that so hard for so many years, you know, back, back in the day. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah so at, at this point with animal chain, did you, okay. Cause this is a lot of people don't know this about you, but like you record a lot of your own stuff and you, yeah, are able to do everything on your own. Was that the case with Animal Chain? Like, did you already know that recording power? You know, did you did you yeah, have that? Yeah, I your mean, arsenal? I
1: you know, and like again, the DIY aesthetic. You know, um, I had.
0: Yeah, because you've done everything. Your, if, all, like all of your records have just been done by you. You haven't like had to go to anybody unless unless like you want. I mean, we to. have
1: done a little bit of that stuff. Yeah. you know, from time to time. But um um, but for the most part, yeah. I'm I just have like and it's not necessarily like a power trip thing or anything. It's, it's almost more of kind of a, a, a product of necessity.
0: You know what you, you want? Know?
1: Well, not even like, I know what we can afford.
0: Okay. <laughs> you know sure. what I mean? We can okay, afford sure. me right.
1: doing it for free for us. That's what, that's what's on the budget. Yeah. So, um, and, and maybe that's not the smartest thing that I could have done for my career or whatever. Uh, maybe, you know, working with somebody more fancy pants might've been, maybe there would have been some sort of benefit to that. I don't know. Um, but it, it is sort of turned into an aspect of my life that now it, you know, like I, in addition to sort of the, the creative field stuff that I do with video and, and graphics, right. mm-hmm. you know, um, I'm also like, a, essentially a full, I'm like, I have like three full-time jobs, right. I'm a right. family man. I'm a, I'm a record producer, musician. I'm also right. like a creative director. Yeah. Um, and, um, so it's, it's, it's paid off, you know, like there's not sure. a lot of people that can kind of go through this life, this touring life, you mm-hmm. know, being a, 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 tour, a toursman. Yeah. It it doesn't translate into a lot of skills after that life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I figured out a way to kind of make the stuff that I needed to do during that time become my, my career afterwards. So, you know, sure. it's funny but like I didn't go to college. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't take that path, but everything I needed to know about how to live came out of that period of my life.
0: Same here, man. um, (laughs) You know, I mean, strange. during COVID I learned how to do these podcasts. I learned how to record drums. I've learned how to send, you know, now I could send just like dry, you know, things to to people and they can do whatever they want with it. So, (laughs) you know,
1: that's, and that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, you know, we did, I became the the creative director or the graphic designer, whatever you want to call it for Field by Ramen records when yeah. we were outside of Field by Ramen. Wow.
0: Um, okay. I didn't know because that. because
1: we needed graphic design for like the Animal Chin record. And now, right. okay, well now I know how to do this. Uh, I can do it for other bands. And so John at Field by Ramen sort of is like, well, okay, would you do this? Would you do this recover thing? Would you do this Impossibles thing? Would you do this? you know, yeah. whatever. I right? want to get to that. Point and Jake. Now, cause and you so now have... I've got another ass, another sort of tool in my belt to kind of take care of myself. <laughs> you know? Sure.
0: Yeah. I want to, I want to start talking about that stuff. So, so you're on tour with animal chin. I mean, you, you yourself as Jamie, like you, you guys are like one of the, do I dare say one, one of like the first, you know, batch of fuel by ramen bands that got signed at the time, you know? <laughs>
1: I think so. Yeah. Well, definitely like early, you know, I don't know, you know, so it was kind of less than Jake's label from the inception. Right. Um, but then it obviously came much over the years, it became much more than just the label that less than Jake was, you know, kind of co-owned or whatever. Um, especially with John's involvement. Uh, but yeah, we were like so there was a food, not bomb seven inch that was like animal chin descendants, good riddance and less than Jake. And I think that was like FBR zero zero three or something what, really? like
0: that. We have one of those in Salt Lake, a food, not bomb shelter. Like, a, um, yeah, yeah a little punk they're rock all spot. over. Yeah. So we, yeah. we did a benefit record with
1: them. And by the way, that was a huge turning point for my folks, too, about like um, whether or not I should go to school or be involved in music, ah, uh, okay. because, you know, growing up in Minneapolis or in the twin cities rather and going to shows and doing the mail order thing, you know, that all that punk rock that I mentioned mm. before,
0: yeah.
1: Ordering descendants cassettes through the mail. Right. Like my, my parents probably didn't have any reference that the descendants weren't the same as Van Halen. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 So. Sure or the Beatles or what, What well, maybe, right. maybe not them, but like, but like they probably just thought this is what the kids are listening to. Right. Right. These okay. descendants, yep. or whatever they spelled it wrong. What's yep. going on there. Yeah. Uh, so now all of a sudden we're sharing a, an album, a, a seven inch with them. And so the, to them, they're going, Oh, okay. So this is going somewhere. We've heard of descendants and now, and then our son's band is on this, this record with them. Yeah. And then we played at, um, we you know, we would play shows at the big place in town it was called first Avenue.
0: Oh yeah. No, I've played, I've played yeah. there before. It's great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I played it many times myself and yeah. it became, you know, we would like, the, we'd play to these packed rooms there and that's where Prince filmed purple yep. rain. And so mm-hmm. my parents would have these little touchstone pieces of information about what the importance of certain things were. Right. Maybe not how we were connected to it or invited to be a part of these things, Sure, but it helped sell,
0: <laughs> Helps solve the dreams of rock right, and roll. tell why
1: I didn't need to be in college, right. if that makes any yeah, sense. Sure. So they, they quickly backed off and they weren't like overbearing about it. They're like, this is what he wants to do. This is what he's passionate about. And so they, for the most part, sort of supported it. And then, you know, I went on and traveled all over the world, you right. know, thanks to them agreeing to let me do it, you know? Yeah. Um, but Yeah, sorry, I lost my train oh, of no, thought. Oh, no, it's okay. So did. so how, do, how, did,
0: how did Fuel by Ramen find find you guys? Because you guys got on that, that Food Not Bombs comp, and then yeah. where, where did it go from there? I mean, like, they, like how did so you form that, that relationship? we actually
1: with... were trying to put together um, a uh, like an album of our own. We had this EP that, uh, like a cassette. It was a six-song cassette, which became the, C, the CD EP that Fuel by Ramen first put out. But okay we were already past that and trying to make a full album and I was trying to get us on Asian man. And at the time, I think it was Dill records. They're called Dill Uh, records, Uh, but it was the skank and pickle Pickle, label. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And whatever, I don't know what the deal was precisely, but our, he didn't want to put it out, (laughs) but he showed it to Vinny. And John at at FBR. Oh, you're kidding. And they were like, oh, this is great. Let's contact them. So I I, I got a call just one day from John. Just like, hey, my name's John Janik from Fuel by Roman Records. Wow. And we really like, you know, Animal Chin. We'd love to kind of, you know, talk about doing a record with you guys. And then from there, it turned into, okay, well, we have this EP. Like, well, let's have them put it out. Yeah. Um, and huh. we ended up putting out our this album that we're trying to make called All the Kids Agree With some other people, some friends of ours. Mm -hmm. Um, and that didn't go well. The record didn't go well and the album didn't go well. So like to this day, it's like, it's sort of like this, like almost like secret animal chin record, you know, it's hard to, hard to come by. And one of my endeavors this year was to try to start working on a remix of it. So I am working on it. Oh, um, no way. That's awesome. Been a lot going on, but <laughs> uh, but that's in it, it, is, it is in the computer. It's currently, you know, I could pull it up right now and start tinkering with it, if, you know, if no so inclined. Way. So it is happening, but um, slow going.
0: So that anyway, was on Pro so, Tools, too? That was all... What's that? When, when, you, when you recorded the original stuff, was that all on Pro Tools? I mean, that must have oh, been no, like no, super... No, no, no.
1: no this is all tape back in the day. Oh,
0: man. Back so, in, yeah. So you were able to transfer it to... You know. Yeah, it
1: got transferred from tape to to it got transferred from tape to ADAT oh, probably some point back in like um, like two thousand or something. Yeah, I was gonna like say that. it
0: had to have been early two thousands if, if that. Yeah, to and
1: then at some point I got some ADATS and then I transferred it into Pro Tools. So, oh, so I cool. I don't even remember doing it, but I have it. So it, it somehow made it to it.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, so
1: it's sitting on my computer and just have to do something about it. So.
0: Right. Okay, so so you're touring with Animal Chin, you have you have success, you get you get signed, you're one of the earliest feel by ramen bands. Uh, right. what what happens from there?
1: I mean, from there Animal Chin just sort of, you know, drove uh, you know, it, the van into the ground driving all around the country playing, you know, every possible uh-huh. you know, excuse for a venue and show that we could find, you know, from everything from like big theaters with big bands to like Basements to pizza parlors and coffee shops, and you know, yeah. the weird stage outside at college campuses for lunchtime. They yep. eat to the beat, you know, all that crap that you could <laughs> possibly like provide a band for. Yep. We tried it at least once, probably more than once, unfortunately, but um, we did it. We just went and went and went, and we we just our our view of uh, our work ethic was basically like just do this until it t- starts connecting. You know, like they're never going to know about us any other way than if we get in front of them and be loud. So that was that was our our thing. So and then that band was around for about three or four years, maybe four years. And when we broke up, uh, John at FBR actually brought myself and then Rory from the Impossibles together to start the stereo.
0: And we were were going to do some new
1: material, but he sort of suggested we do it together.
0: Huh. Did you did you know Rory at that point? Mhm. Okay.
1: Yeah, the Impossibles and Animal Chin had already like become sort of like buddy buddy and we we'd done some touring together and um you know, we were similarly aged, similarly sort of influenced by, you know, the types of music that we are in, interested in and we just, you know, there were certain bands that we'd play with that we'd kind of had we were just not on the same radar as them. Animal sure. Chin was like a ska band that kind of didn't want to be a ska band. We wanted it to be like propagandi Okay. But we also kinda like Operation Ivy and Fishbone and you know that sort of thing. Sure. So we're trying a little, a little bit of a confused. Punk edge.
0: <laughs> a little bit of a punk edge then,
1: you know? Super, super. Yeah, yeah. Like a lot of political, you know, um uh, lyrics and stuff like that. Yeah. And we didn't know we we fit more with the punk shows than we did with the the ska shows. Mm-hmm. We like when we play a ska show, we would come off like a metal band or something. Like <laughs> it just was too aggressive, too fast and too loud. Right. Where then the the big sky band gets up and everybody all of a sudden is skanking like we didn't, we didn't kind of didn't have that. So, and the impossibles I think sort of had that too. Mm -hmm. So when both those bands broke up and Roy and I came together, we, we sort of shed all of the things that we didn't want to bring with from our last band, but like, then definitely took the things that were sort of like making us happy about the last bands into this new thing. Right. And that was trying to write sort of like rocking, like really catchy, um, songs that would, you know, like just would kind of, you know, like, I don't really know how to describe it. I've been involved in music since I was in seventh grade and I still don't really know how to put a finger on what is it that makes something catchy? What is a hook? Uh, huh. Um, but whatever it is, whether I can describe it or not, that's what we wanted to do all the time.
0: <laughs> right. You know,
1: everything we did, we're like, why can't everything be energetic? You know? Mm-hmm. And so that's the, that was the sort of the birth of the stereo. We kind of wanted to be like the punk rock Beatles or something like that. You know and what you, I mean?
0: I think you pulled it off great. Where every I mean, song was catchy. Again, I was, oh, I was, thanks, buddy. Huge, that's... Dude, I was a huge fan growing up. You know, I went to all your guys' shows, I think, you know, um, <laughs> but I was going to say, I only have, met, I only met you know, Rory one time, I think barely say that again i think i only met rory once barely and then the rest of the time i yeah, would ever he, see the stereo it was just, it was just you and like you know whoever the cast of characters the yeah. cast of characters yeah but mostly the cat mostly the cast was like you and uh chris serafini the, the, those were the two that i really like, yeah so with, you, know? you know it's
1: funny when you look back at sort of like the data points of the stereo right there's a tr- we we sort of have that joke spinal tap you know who's the guitar player this week <laughs> thing uh-huh um where Spinal Hep has the exploding drummers, we would have the revolving door of mystery guitarists, right? Uh Yep. To the point where like, we'd show up at CMJ in New York and our, our lanyards, like our guitar player always have like the, on his (laughs) lanyard, like the name of the last guitarist.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. So like
1: he could get Uh in to play his own show, but it wouldn't, it would never match the ID. So it couldn't like go to anything else. You know, it's just funny. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that was our, our problem. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, Yeah, no, but so Serafini, uh, uh, you know, so everybody understands Chris Serafini is the bassist for the stereo. He was only on one record, like the last record, but he played far more shows than any other bassist of the stereo, you know, did. Um, like the, the amount of touring that we did at the end of the band was so much more than the touring that we did at the beginning of the band, like probably by an order of, you know, like, like a, a factor of two, you know, like, okay. So, um, so that's why you, well, he's not on a lot of records. That's why you saw him the most. And I think you saw, (laughs) I think you saw us, we probably played Utah probably like four to six times, right? Something like that. Always at
0: at like, um, what's what's the place and Kilby court,
1: Kilby court. And what was the other place?
0: Uh, DV eight. Deviate, yeah. Yeah.
1: What's the place that's down the stairs? Is that Deviate? That's
0: Deviate. Yep. It, it looks okay, like yeah. uh, it looks like Jerry's Pizza, but just like uh, not as bad, maybe. Right. Yeah. And I
1: think we even played it like. Um... Oh, hang on! I'm gonna get it. Bert's Tiki Lounge. Oh,
0: Bert's, uh, dude! I played, I played a show there. I was like 16, though, and it's no. Dude, longer that, that is a that was that's a
1: that's a PA on a stick. Yeah, you know that's a, P, a, a PA <laughs> yeah. kebab place. Oh, yeah, you know what I mean? We're like the, the speakers are literally on like a stick in the corner, and you're just like,
0: dude. I know this is not a hundred percent. I've been I've been through so many of those kinds of things, man. Growing up, okay. But real quick, we got to take a com- another commercial break, and then when we come back, this is going to conclude our uh, interview with Jamie Wolford of the Stereo. We'll be right back. <laughs> Jamie, Jesus, man, I can't I can't believe all this. This is so nuts. You always save the good right. stuff for off air, man. <sighs> all right, well, all right. Dumb joke, <laughs> dumb joke. We're we're back. <laughs> God. I like that
1: you have this little this little trick.
0: Yeah, it's, it's it's a little trick for sure. I've done on everybody. It's like by now everybody should know, but they don't. It's it's really right. funny. Yeah. Anyway, it's not that I'm, funny at I'm all.
1: smiling. I you promise. <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right. So now we're at the point where uh, you know the stereo takes off. You guys you guys are touring around. You're you're influencing mm-hmm. a lot of people. I mean, you influenced sure. me. I mean, you you guys were one of the first bands I, I ever put up when I was living on my own out in um, Anaheim. You got, cause I used to live down the street from uh, that place, Chain Reaction. And I think I had just moved to, You know, you know what else I was going to say there, there you're, you're a huge part of my story though. This is something that people don't um, understand. But when I moved, when I moved out to California where mm-hmm. I was about to move, I, uh, I was like, kind of just like discovering California for the first time. And I, I hadn't lived here just yet, but I remember coming out to see the stereo play at, uh, at Chain Reaction. Right. And then yeah. eventually I'd moved down the street from there. But, um, but yeah, I went to Chain Reaction, saw your band play, and as soon as I came outside, there was this guy uh, named Bobby handing out flyers. And he looked at me, and he was like, "Oh my god! Like, wait, Ryan? Like, what? What are you doing here? What are you doing in California? I thought you lived in Utah." And I was like, "Oh well, you know, I I'm thinking about moving out here, but I'm just I'm looking for a band." And then he was like, "Oh well, you know, my my band might need a drummer. I'll I'll, I'll keep in touch." And then the the day I moved out to Los Angeles, I joined this band called Fairview,
1: mm-hmm. and then um, yeah.
0: And then Fairview, I think we we barely did anything, man. I think we did like a couple of tours because we were like almost locked into this like really bad production deal. But mm-hmm. I remember coming down to Arizona and we we crashed at your house,
1: <laughs> right?
0: Yeah, you know. So that was that was really cool. So I was just gonna say, like if if I hadn't have gone to that stereo show in California, I have no idea if I would have seen the dude that was handing out flyers outside of uh, the venue and then you know eventually joining his band. So this is all kind of your right. fault. Well, I mean, you know?
1: isn't isn't that kind of like how this life works though, you know, you can't, I think there's a lot of people that, you know, we definitely live in this culture now where it's like, like a career in music is almost sort of like an instantly thought by, I'll call them norms as, Oh, well go on American idol or America's got talent. And that's how you, whatever. Right. right? And for, first of all, (laughs) that's one way. Um, but a, a career in music doesn't have to be superstardom. And I, I think there's like this really heavy weight on people, uh, to, to, if you're going to be, you know, like, like, no, let me say it from a different perspective, right? Nobody yeah. goes to college and expects to become like the CEO of like Apple when they get out of college. Right.
0: Well, we I do. do that to each no, other. Right. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm kidding. I was saying I I do, you know, no, I I, but, I dropped well, out of like, Right.
1: School. But that's, you, you will dump. How many thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? In right. some cases, to go through this institution. I'm not poo-pooing college, no, but I'm totally. just saying I'm just trying to talk about a perspective for a second. All this money into that, and then people go and like they, they'll throw away their 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 degrees and get some other job doing some other thing, and we're perfectly okay with that. Right. Right. But like the idea of somebody trying to get involved in something they love, like music, and then not becoming like a super famous, like a Dave Grohl or whatever, we're seen as like, like failures in life. Right. Whereas I didn't become a Dave Grohl or whatever, but I've made a living at music my whole adult life. Right. And done okay. I mean, I'm, I'm not rich, but I'm not you know, I'm not nothing.
0: (laughs) So like similar, similar, you can
1: find a way to do this. You just have to be smart about it, but you have to do that in any part of life. But there's such a stigma about musicians being like losers or lazy. But you and I both know, Ryan, that like when you go, when you go on those early tours, anything lazy about that? Is there anything lazy about (laughs) driving 12 hours and then like loading? in blistering heat in yeah. like 10 minutes. And then, and then five of which you have to get your gear all up on a stage and then play for 20 minutes and then do an overnight drive. Is there anything lazy about yeah, doing that I know, stuff? Absolutely man. not.
0: Yeah. And like here, here's, here's what I want to say too, on, on my, on my show, I, I've said this literally every I'm, single time. I'm in episode. defense
1: of musicians on this. No, no, we're,
0: we're all here. defending musicians, but what, what I want to say though on this and, and people fail to realize this is that check this out. And this is something I've learned is that nine times out of 10 bands fail and the yep. one in 10 i'd say more than that yeah okay nine well, out of 100 yeah okay so so yeah well yeah so we'll 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 keep it simple but like you know nine times out of 10 <laughs> bands no fail math got it yeah and and the one in 10 that don't fail were the ones that were too stupid to stop that's right. us that's <laughs> yeah, you and that's me. me that it is in, in any career yeah. in any style of well, i ain't of music got no or,
1: college to help me know when to stop buddy. Right. what yeah. am i going to do yeah what am
0: i gonna do you know, right. I, dude, I, literally, you've known me forever. I I think the long, before COVID, the longest I'd i been home from like the road consecutively mm-hmm. was like eight months since right. like 2006. So, I mean, right, right, right. it's crazy. Like, dude, like I'm about to, I'm, you know, I'm, I don't really talk about, it. well, by the time this, uh, this airs, I'll have already done it, but like, I'm about to go like on another tour with like another band, <laughs> you know? Right. So just, just filling in because that's, that's what I got to do, you know? No, uh, I
1: I hear you. I hear you. I I just, I just want people to understand though that, you know, and, and not that my voice is loud enough to carry this out there, but it's like, there's just this weird perception about music and musicians. Right. Um, and yeah, there are a lot of like, you know, doldrum, you know, idiots out there that just think it's a party, but there's like the majority of people that are like going past that local band phase. Right. They're they are hitting the bricks and they're working and they're trying to make things happen. These are, these are driven people
0: mm-hmm.
1: that are trying to do things where they bring their passion to life in a way that sustains them. Right. And and it's the same as any small business owner. It's the same as any, totally. you know, any, anything like that, where you're, you're, you're like you said, too stupid to know to stop. Yep but like you have to be (laughs) too stupid to know when to stop because otherwise you won't get there. You can't plan their plan. B's are great for explaining to your parents why you're not going to college, but they're not great in in giving you the courage to go after what you want to go after. Right. And like, if I could, if I could implore people to be a little bit more, um, driven towards plan a, you know, I think that, I think that's a good thing. Like, you know, I've, I've, I'm extremely, I'm an extremely fortunate person. I've been able to, like, I've gone to 14 countries thanks to music oh and I haven't paid one cent to that's do it. That's so
0: dope. I, I don't you know, even and, know if I've gone to that And again, many. That's,
1: that's, that might sound like a brag. I'm not trying to brag. I'm no, saying no, no, no. like, like I went after this and like tried to, tried to make this happen and I got out of it. I got such a wonderful experience for my life right. from traveling, which by the way, like travel, please travel. Everybody, please travel. There's something about getting out of your comfort zone and getting away from your home and not just like, you know, like tuning in and seeing what it's like on a, on a TV show or something like that or whatever, like, but like actually spending the amount of time it takes to travel to a location that, that the weight of that time between being there and not sure. being there or, or not being there and being there, changes your perception about earth it changes your perception about your life it changes about oh, yeah. your, your perception about what you know about where you come from and where you are in that moment that you get there
0: it's get a cultured. huge
1: personal growth thing that happens so everybody please travel
0: yeah no i you, you you said it better than i ever could have but um you know we don't have too much time left so i, I kind of want to talk about oh, yeah. no, no it's we we'll cool. talk
1: about so plug, start plugging. Yeah, start plugging things. So, so Jamie, I mean, like,
0: so, so you guys are making, you guys are making like a. I, I don't want to use the word of comeback, but you got, you guys are, you guys are picking up where you, where you left off. So, I, I just want to hear a little bit more about what you guys are planning to do. You know, as as the stereo.
1: Right. So I'm um, a huge fan. Yeah, the so. stereo is what's that? Because
0: cause I'm a huge fan. You know. Well, want to know? So. Yeah,
1: yeah. Thank you. Uh, no. So we stereo is is back. We have a, a an album coming out May 13th. We've actually got a couple of the songs out right now on, you know, all the streaming stuff and there's one more coming out next month. And then one after that. Um,
0: but, Does this uh, mean you guys are getting back in the, uh, the old, the old, uh, the old traveling circus. Does this mean you guys are going to, I don't know if cities? we're going to
1: do it. It's, it's a little unclear, you know, like there's, there's already some offers starting to pour in to do some shows and stuff like that. But we, you know, we, we ended up kind of doing this, um, we didn't know what to do. The podcast or excuse me, not the podcast, but the, um, the, the pandemic really complicated what we were, uh, you know, just the normalcy of what we were going to do. We're just going to get signed to a label, put out a record. And what we ended up choosing to do is we, we didn't either like connect with the right people or didn't like the deal that the deals that, uh, that with, with people that we did connect with. So we did a Kickstarter, which went like, unbelievably crazy successful. Like we, we just started out with this small goal, which was like funded in 20 minutes. And by the end of it, we had, we'd gotten up to like $41,000. Right. And we we were just completely blown away by the the amount of love that was available to us. So what we did, uh, Rory made this podcast about our story. So any, you know, I've, I've really glanced, you know, glossed over it in, in this interview, but like the story of the stereo is sort of this like heartbreaking, series of tragic, you know, failures one after the other and us getting in our own way, me getting in the our, you know, the way of the band, like, you know, success and potential and just everything that comes with being in a band. It's, not, it's like the story of being in a band that, that could have, but didn't. Right. So it's, I think it's a fascinating listen. It's five part podcast. There's three episodes out now. The fourth is coming on April 1st. Um, and so the rest really of this great year, by now, the we're way. going to be spending that podcast uh, trying really to great. fulfill the goals that we, we kind of put out for everybody. We're we're make, doing all this like crazy merch. We're going to make a concert film, you know, like a live performance concert film, mm-hmm. and then we're going to shoot a music video. And then hopefully there'll be some shows peppered in. But but that that detail is sort of like up in the air still. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what's going on now. So we're just, we got, I'm just really excited about this record, this podcast that kind of tells our story. And I hope people go check it out. It's a com for the podcast and then the stereo rock.com for music and everything else. So.
0: And I'm also a guest on, on uh one of those. You are, you are, (laughs) you
1: you are a guest. You can hear some, hear your, hear your, get yourself some more Ryan Seaman. Yeah, uh, you know, vocal stylings That's on right. the, of the podcast. So.
0: Yeah. I'm on, I'm on like an episode with like, uh, with like Chris Caraba of like Dashboard Confessional and, uh, mm-hmm. Patrick Stump. Patrick
1: Stump. Which yeah. great. up boy and yeah. Chad Gilbert of Newfound Glory. All these, you yourself and these folks come and talk on the podcast about kind of what the stereo means to them and wh- how it connected with their lives and, you know, inspired them to do what they're doing. And, Um, I mean, you know, that's episode one. The episode one is sort of the credibility builder. Like who's the stereo? Why should I care? (laughs) Right. And so we actually, we don't want to tell you is we got these other sort of like fancy people to tell you why you
0: should care. And then,
1: (laughs) and then from there, it's sort of like, we unfold the story of how we started and then everything kind of went nuts from there. So,
0: oh man, dude, I I wish, I wish we had more time. We only have a couple minutes left. So for, yeah. So for everybody that's listening, yeah. King, kings of no Right. That's the.
1: Mm-hmm. that's, that's right. one of
0: them and then the st- the stereo rock is another one uh the stereo yeah. on spotify and then we're uh, on all the yeah
1: we're on all the streaming stuff you know the stereo and all the social stuff is the stereo rock so twitter facebook instagram whatever so
0: yeah okay so we we have two minutes left jamie so i i just want i want to ask like if you were to give anybody advice out there on just you know how to be in a band what 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 would you tell them
1: uh, <laughs> i always ask
0: people this too because it's like There's no right or wrong I'll give two pieces
1: of advice. Don't? One. (laughs) Yeah, Don't. And then do not. No, um, I would say one, own your space. Like if you're in a band, own your space and your stuff. Be clean. Be hygienic. But also like be thoughtful of what your thing is in the group of people. Right? If it's your gear, if it's whatever, take pride in what you do. And then the second thing is don't forget to enjoy what it is that you're doing because when you're not doing it, like there have definitely been moments where I was on tour and I'm like, Oh, this sucks. And then I come home and I'm like, Oh, I miss it. You know, it's just stupidity. <laughs> right. So while you're out there, enjoy it. You're not, you're getting to do something that most people dream of getting to do. Just don't take it for granted. That resonates really fun. That and you have so a better hard, time Jamie. doing
0: it. If you do. Jamie, that resonated so hard with me because I've been in those situations. Like, God damn it. This sucks. You know, yep this world's fucked you know i'm just kidding yeah um, but and then you get home and you're like <laughs> yeah and then you're like, God, oh, i wow. missed that <laughs> yep oh no 100 percent. so well jamie i i really appreciate you being on the show today this is this is Ryan, such a this is such you. a great great time for for you to be i wish i could see you in the you know in the flesh and in, in person um but you're in arizona i think you're still that's, in arizona right
1: that's for a, a much different night between right. you and i i'm sorry
0: but uh <laughs> Well, I, I will probably see, you know, I'm going to probably see you before this podcast even even airs. Um, I should be you coming into town. I am. Yeah. I'll well, be, I'll you, be there will you do me
1: a favor and not like tell me like the hour before yeah, you arrive or something that. like that so I can actually plan this or.
0: Yeah. It's just like all this like COVID stuff. So like, I was just like, Hey, you know, Jamie, maybe you can come out to a your show. You're like, Oh, I can't. Sorry, man. You know, it's just, yeah, I should, I should have not things you know.
1: are a little different now, you know, totally. I'm sure we've all Family's... had it now mm-hmm. and it's like, yeah. it's, you know, gosh, I don't even really know. Yeah. what to say about it but yeah i yep. will be there please just give give me some advance yes, notice so i, I will plan
0: 100 well jamie thank you so much for being on the show so everybody go check out the stereo i really loved them i still love them i can't wait to see them play again live and uh coming up next we have Gon fishkin on adobe radio and you know just you can tune in here every single week and i have a bunch of people on here that are are interesting and awesome to me uh, yeah, it airs every, every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 o'clock Pacific, and it's only on Adobe Radio, and I turn in something every single week for, for all of you guys. So, Jamie, thanks one more time, and we will see you next week here on Adobe Radio.